0: Coming to you from the M M&M and Exterior Studio in Knoxville, Virginia. This is flushing it out with Samantha Spittle, the Introvert's Extrovert. She talks to people, so you don't have to. For now. Denise, thank you so much for flushing it out with me today on the podcast. I'm excited for everyone to learn about you, your story, and of course, Storybook Treasures. So, Denise, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody?
1: Sure. So, I'm, I'm Denise Corbeau, and I'm president and founder of Storybook Treasures. And Storybook Treasures is a nonprofit with the mission of putting um, books into the hearts, hands, and homes of children in need.
0: That's awesome. And now you are a former school teacher. And so you have a passion for kids and you know not not only just having them read, but have a love of reading. So take me back, like where did your story start with kind of this being your passion? I guess your, you could almost call it your second act because you've been a teacher for so long and now you are saying goodbye to the in classroom teaching and now taking it. it could be you know international, who knows? so.
1: Yeah, they. they, You know, I think it's it's neat that you call it the second act because that's that's truly how how I feel. You know, this has this is it. it Really, is like a second act. So, so I've been an educator for over thirty years. Um, Education found me. It wasn't something that I um, thought. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go into education. I'm going to be an amazing teacher. In fact, I was a horrible student, and um, school was really hard for me. Um, I I was raised in a military family, and we uh, moved all all around the world. And my mother um, is from Austria. So she is um, an English language learner, this is her second language. And, and so school was really hard for me. So so a lot of a lot of children who, who have, you know, that the great support that families typically provide, not that my family didn't provide support. I think, I think they just didn't know how to support us. And, um, and, and, and so it was hard for me. And, and so when, when I decided, I actually took um, cosmetology and, and high school so vocational education my mother was a hairdresser i decided i want to take um, vocational education and the counselor said no 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 you you need to go to college you know these kids aren't going to college and, and you need to go to college. And, and I said, well, my mom is a hairdresser. I really would like to, to do this. And so my mom had to come in and sign a waiver to allow me to take cosmetology vocational education, um, knowing that I wouldn't be getting some of those preparatory um, classes that, that you typically get in college. Mm-hmm. And so um, I did that. And then um, I would say probably my junior year, I was like, hmm, I think I want to go to college. <laughs> and, and, you know, all, all my friends are talking about college and I'm like, oh, I, I wanna, I'd like to go to college, too. So I went back to my counselor and I said, you know, I think I want to go to college. And they were like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and and so I had to um, take some extra classes um, during um, the summertime and also uh, during my break. I had a break in, um, during a travel break because I had to go to a different school for the vocational education, and I squeezed in an extra science class, and um, and then I was accepted into college, and um, and and I ended up um, uh, graduating um, college in just two and a half years. Um, wow. I was just so intent on um, on kind of getting it done so that I could move on to to the next chapter of my life, and again I. Education was not it. I had an undergraduate
0: um, degree, emphasis in business psychology. I feel like we find ourselves often in someone else's story. And even if it's different than our own, I feel like there's things like aha moments. So I heard a couple things in there that it's like you were willing to change. Like in high school, you know, I feel like there's so much pressure put on kids of, you know, you have to figure it out. Just think, you know, we talked to little kids of what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, you know, and as a high schooler, I feel like bravo for you for trying out cosmetology school and doing that and then deciding to go to college. Like as you're talking, I'm just like, wow, so often I feel like the story I've heard and I've talked through on the podcast many times because I'm sure I lived it too, is that you just get on the track. Like, well, for me, I feel, you know, like going to college, that's just what we did. I never even thought twice about it. And it's just, you get on that train and you keep moving. And so to me, I'm like, wow, that's so cool that you were willing to try different things, hustle to get it done. And then it, to me, it just also ties into everything that you were you know teaching for 30 years. And now suddenly it's like, let me start a nonprofit to, it's like, I'm also, I mean, you still have so much more life, you know, to live and to grow and all this stuff, but it's so easy for us if we don't get on that train, you know, it's like with college, if some people think if they didn't go at 18, what's the point? We miss the road. And so being willing to start this thing now, I'm not surprised hearing that you were willing to try different paths way back in high school. So I think that's really cool. It, it, it,
1: you know, and and I, I say, you know, I have a plan, but God always seems to have a bigger plan. Exactly. And, and I think you just have to go with it, and and that's just part of life and experience and and where you're meant to be. Um, you know, I, I've had many doors close and, and, and when that door closes, it's like, okay, so what now, um, Mm -hmm. what, what are we going to do now? And, and typically it's because something bigger is, is waiting. Um, so, and and, and you just don't know it, you know, at the time. So, you know, at the time it just seemed, you know, school was hard. Cosmetology seemed to be something great. You know, my mom, I had already an interest in it. I knew a lot about it, um, you know, through my mom. And, and that was, and it was very successful for me. So when I took cosmetology, I was really top of the class. I won all the, you know, great awards. And my cosmetology teacher was incredible. She really um, saw in all of us what we couldn't see in ourselves and, mm-hmm. and just, just, just pushed us. And she was part of the reason too, why, why I was willing to, to do, to, to consider college, you know, she, yeah. she would talk about that. And, um and then of course, when I went home and sent to my mom, you know, I'm thinking about college, she's like, oh yes, you know, she, of course she, you know, they, education's
0: a big deal um to her. So. Yeah. And how cool too, to remind parents that um, one of my past guests, Dawn guest year, she talked about having a healthy detachment from the outcome of our kids because we get so wrapped up as, as parents, you know, of wanting them to like make the good choices and it, you know, becomes a reflection of us and worry and if we need to control them. And it's like needing to have, as they get older, having that healthy detachment. And so it's funny how you had that. It sounds like you had that freedom to explore, but trusting that you had the mentors in your life that helped guide you to the path that you were meant to go on. So,
1: yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, with, with my mom, she, she has always been my number one cheerleader. So, you yeah. know, whatever I want, wanted to do or want to do, I mean, she was always behind me. Yeah. Let's try it out. Let's yeah, let's do it. And, and what do we need to do and how much is it going to cost? <laughs> and so, you know, when I, even when I when I went from, um, I started out at, I was accepted into um, Fairham College under academic probation because I had not had the um, the college courses that that I needed to have. And then um, when I started looking at other colleges closer to home, um, I, I looked at Marymount University and, and I did a little sales pitch to my mom. And then I said, well, I said it's a private school. It's going to cost a little bit more, but I'm going to finish in two and a half years. And, and, and then you won't have to, um, take care of me anymore. I'll be independent. And, and so it was, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, I sat down um, they they own a restaurant, and so I, I went to the restaurant. We sat in a booth. I had it all written out for her, and I'm like, "Look, I'm going to take all of these classes. It's going to cost you a lot of money up front, but in the long run, you know, I'm going to um, I'm going to be independent. You know, in, wow. in this two years, and you won't have to support me anymore." So that's um, awesome. Yeah, and she was she was like, "Okay, if you can do it," and and then I went back to the university and showed them my schedule, and they're like, "No, no, 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 you cannot take 24 credit hours in in the summer." And, and I said, well, I think I can, (laughs) if it's into my schedule. And, and so they, they were very reluctantly, um, signed off, um, for, for me to do it. And, and I, and I did it and then, um, yeah, who knew? And, and then I went on, you know, as, as I finished, um, that degree, um, I received a phone call from a public school um, asking, um, actually my mother received the phone call because she's a hairdresser as well. And, um, and she has a teaching certificate. So, so they called and they said, we're in desperate need of a cosmetology teacher. Would you be interested? And she said, no, but my daughter would be interested. And so she set up the interview for me. And so when I came home, she's like, I set up an interview for you to be a cosmetology teacher, um, and, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like I was a terrible student. I could never be a teacher. And she's like, no, 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 you have to go. I've already set up this interview. Mm-hmm. You have to go. And when your mom tells you, you have to do something, you have mm-hmm. to do it. And so, and so I went to that interview thinking, um, you know, I was just going to do this for my mom. And, and when I walked into that cosmetology lab and I saw kids that were disengaged and, uh, and kind of lost. I mean, it just looked like that so much potential there, but nothing going on. And, um, and, and it just spoke to me. And, and I, you know, I looked around and I think the wheel started turning. And, um, and, and then of course I had administrators that were very desperate to get somebody in there that was licensed. And, um, and I had taken my, um, my teaching license, when I was in college, again, my mother saying to me, you know, hey, this is going to look great on your resume. All you have to do is take this test. It's a hundred question test. And if you pass it, then you can have a teaching, cosmetology teaching certificate. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So, um, so, 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 so they, they pretty much um, were very desperate. And because just the state of what I saw just spoke to me. and again, you know again, a God, a God thing. you know, I think that that things have put into your heart for a reason. and and I went ahead and 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 I left that
0: interview with a teaching contract. Wow, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. That is so when you were talking about walking in and seeing the students and seeing the potential, what came to mind is that the gift you were given, as a teenager to have, you know, people see the potential in you and help get you on a path. I feel like if that was reborn and it's like the gifts, the gifts were given, we are then able to pour out later in our life. And it just sounds so full circle for that. Mm -hmm. I get to do that.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I feel that, that, that is truly is what has made me a great teacher is because I did struggle because I did, uh, you know, I, I, I knew the feeling of of what it felt like when you just didn't know and didn't have a place to figure it out and didn't have that support. You know, although I, I had a lot of support um, I I think um, as far as, you know, giving me direction, but as far as like understanding content uh, that, that was just a real struggle for me. I I felt like I didn't have you know, maybe I wasn't as strong of a reader and I, um, and I definitely wasn't confident. I was very insecure and shy. And, and even to the, to this day, I, I I have moments where, where I just struggle with the words or struggle with, with what I want to say or getting my idea out there in a way that's clear and concise. I think that, um, but that's all learning, you know, and, and and also
0: just, just knowing that allowing myself not to be perfect all the time. And I was going to say, how do you, so you, you know, I think that those feelings of insecurity and imperfection, it's so universal, but you obviously have continued to push through. Like I said, it starts with the changes, I feel like, back when you were in high school. And then, you know, you have this now 30 years of teaching, starting this new nonprofit. How do you keep overcoming and pushing through to keep doing these big things?
1: I, I think, you know, I, I, I am a lot of, uh, I'm a perfectionist and in and, and a lot of ways. And and I feel like that what I've had to do is just forgive myself and and just know that, hey, it's okay. You know, you, you, we, we all make mistakes. Yes, I could have done it better. I could have um, said it better. Um, I wish I could go back. Um, and, but, but a lot of it is, it just, you have to just get to the point where it is what it is. And, it, maybe it wasn't a, my, my best day, but it was pretty good. And, 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 and how can we go back and change it if it didn't work out? And and just yeah. having that, 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 you know, growth, that growth mindset where, where, you know what, the, this didn't work out and how we're going to change it so that it does work out. And yeah. And yeah. So, so I, that that's kind of just what I do, I think just by, by nature and, 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 you know, and not yeah. that I don't have moments where I feel defeated and, and I'm down and I'm like, oh. You know, but and yeah. you know, you say a little prayer and hope that tomorrow better. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so so I um I um ended up teaching cosmetology then for um about five years. And then when when you look at the teaching scale, you see that the only way to make more money is to get more education <laughs> and, and so I'm, I, I'm like well I think I'll get my master's degree so I went to um, again I, I went back to Marymount got my master's degree and in kindergarten through eighth grade and they required me to do student teaching and so I'm like what? you know I'm already teaching I have to resign my my teaching contract in order to do student teaching and oh, wow. so Um, And and I I tried to fight that. But, you know, in hindsight, I'm so glad, you know, that that I went through the experience because teaching is not the same, you know, teaching vocational education, you know, teaching elementary school, two different things. Um, So I... Um, I started teaching and well, actually, when I did my student teaching, um, I was offered a job and the principal there said, you know, we I would like to give you first grade. I'm like, first grade. Like, I can't do first grade. Like <laughs> high school. Um, you know, surely, you know, you put me in a, you know, like fifth grade or fourth grade. And and he said, No, he goes, I see the way that you work, I see how you interact with kids. And I see your, you know, I've heard, you know, you talk about your philosophy and I think you would be perfect for first grade. And so he gave me the keys and he said, Denise, teach him how to read and write. Everything else will come. And so I'm like, okay. So there I sat, you know, with the key to my classroom and and the first day of school with all these little kids looking up at me, these big, bright eyes, all excited and going, oh my gosh, what have I done? And, Mm. um, and, and just, you know, you just learn from there. And yeah,
0: it's it's been an incredible journey. What I love about your story, because it just came back around once again, is that once again, someone else saw the potential in you and you went in a direction that you didn't necessarily want to go in. And that I heard you talk, you have that internal drive. So it's like trusting yourself to know, like you have the plan, you have the you know, like kind of you're in control of your own stuff that you can be in control of to, you know, get the education, you know, be determined, be focused, but then allowing the people who can say, you know what, I see something in you that you might not see in yourself and to allow it to ebb and flow. So I just think that's really, really neat.
1: And it, you know, I, I've never thought of it that way. And, and I think, I think you're right. I think that throughout my whole life, I think that's really has, has guided me in a, in a lot of ways with others coming in and going hey I think this might be great for you um what do you yeah. think
0: yeah I think we're called to be in community you know I feel like with my faith you know trusting like I think that God uses us you know in each other's lives and whatnot and so you know allowing allowing people to speak into you and that's why I also though commented on it sounds like you have a solid core though because it's not letting people distract you and you know kind of being a people pleaser and flowing around, but, you know, but also being open to kind of seeing, seeing the potential in you. So. Well, thank you. So Storybook Treasures, tell me about the birth of Storybook Treasures and of course, um, you know, what it is and how it can impact kids.
1: Yeah. So, so Storybook Treasures started in my kindergarten classroom. um, When the, the requirements for kids changed from you know, kindergarten is a place to learn the alphabet and to socialize and to learn about school to you better have them reading at this grade level by the time they leave you. Um, so so when when that came about, I knew I had to I had to change the way that I did business um, because some kids are developmentally ready to mm-hmm. learn and and this would be no problem for them. And then some aren't quite there yet. And then how do you get everybody where they need to be and everybody, you know, meeting, um you know, their highest potential. So, um, and, and also, you know, I think with kindergarten it's really hard on parents because parents will bring their kids to you and, and then, you know, you have this criteria that where they need to be. And if kids aren't quite there yet, what a horrible message to send to parents that your kid isn't good enough or your child isn't good enough. And because, because that's not it at all. It's the yeah. developmental piece. You know, everybody learns differently. You know, everyone um, you know, we learned to walk at a different time. You know, we, we grew teeth at a different time, you know, all, all of those things, you know, but in, in as much as you try and pitch the developmental piece, uh the parents don't hear that they just hear no. my child's not good enough and and i, I think that's that's the biggest challenge and, and now that we're and then when we change the standards to make them even higher um then for those families and those children it, it became you know a, a bigger burden and, and a more of a challenge so so my thought was how what do i know what talents do i have what do i know about kids? to make things better for them. So that way they can progress and, and be where I need them to be. And so what I, the first thing that, that I notice is that any, any book that you read aloud to kids, um, in, in the classroom that's the book that they want that's the hottest commodity in your classroom so as soon as you read that, that book aloud they all want that book they want to reread that book they want to look at that book because they have connection that instant connection they've heard you read it they've heard um, you know how you read it so they know the storyline so whether they're readers or not readers it really doesn't matter because they have that storyline and they can hear you and they can hear your voice as they as they're looking at the pictures and so um so th- so what i started to do first was I bought um, multiple copies of of books that I loved and and that I connected to and put them in my classroom library. And then what I noticed is that when kids went to, um, when they had the opportunity to do their free reading, those were the books that they gravitated to. And as they would share, whether they were a reader or not, or non-reader, they were able to share as kids in a language, and in a way that I could not share with them if I wanted to, because they were p- picking out things and talking about things that were important to them, and on their level. And so, not only were they connecting um, with each other, which was Wonderful. But, but they were also um, connecting with, with the book in a way that I couldn't do. And so I'm like, okay, so this is very powerful to have multiple copies in your classroom, the same book. And so then I, um, what what I decided to do is I decided to, to put a treasure with the book so I read the story Owen about the um, little um, mouse that wanted to bring um, his baby blanket to school and of course we all know you can't bring a baby blanket to kindergarten so um so so the story goes um, through with the, with the solution being the, the mother cut up um, a piece the baby blanket into pieces so that way he could um, carry one in his pocket or carry a piece of that baby blanket with him so I went to um, Walmart and I I bought a baby blanket and I cut up into little pieces and I gave them each a little piece of that baby blanket and they lost their minds because now they felt like they were part of that story and they had that connection. And so um, what, what I did then is every time that we would be lining up or we had a little bit of time, I would pull out one of the treasure books or a treasure from one of the books that, that we read and then and then I would just ask them, so what do you and of course they just lose their mind oh my gosh it's someone's like it and and so then then I asked them a lot of those um retelling and um and, and questions that we need for them to know for our literacy tests. so you know and retelling is a big deal so you know the characters and what was the problem what was the solution where did the story take place um what could you have come up with a different solution you know what what's your idea and but, but they were able to remember every single detail of that book and so so I knew that, that again that was another layer of of building that powerful connection to books and literacy and and once I was able to do that um, and, and bringing other books then then they would using the same type of framework they just fell in love with it they fell in love with the whole process and they they connected and so when when you bring something really cute and fun like that into into school um, sometimes it becomes a behavior nightmare in your classroom <laughs> and and that's what happened in our home Mushroom. So, um, oh. so anytime that they saw, you know, anything that was that color, it was like, oh my gosh, it's someone's blanket. Someone calls that out. Ten kids go flying over to the other corner of the room trying to oh, find no. the blanket, and and I'm like, oh my gosh, these must go. So, um, so I sat at my computer and I wrote a letter to the parents, and I'm like, hey, um, you know, we're we're doing these books called um, Storybook Treasure Books, and your child is going to bring home. Their treasure today (laughs) of a little baby blanket. Um, Keep it in in a um, in a really special place or a safe place because we're going to be adding more to the um, collection. And by the way, um, your child's now an Owen expert, so make sure you ask them these questions. And so I just threw out a whole bunch of comprehension questions that 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 were going to be great um, for them to review with 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 their child because a lot of parents don't know what questions to ask and how to ask those questions you know it's, it's like oh how was your day at school good would you do nothing? <laughs> and it, and yep. a story. Um, and, it, and I always tease my my kindergartens I'm like, "What do you mean you did nothing? I'm like we have done something every single minute of the day." Um, but 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 you have to give the words sometimes. You have to you mm-hmm. know build that up and give the words and 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 build that understanding. So um, so I sent I sent this um letter home. I sent the, the blankets home and I, and I said, by the way, they don't come back. <laughs> they stay home and they don't come back. Yes, don't and so, back. And so for the first time ever, as much as you know, as teachers, especially um early educators, you try and get your parents to reach to, to the kids. I mean, that's the number one thing here. You know, reach your children. Um, this was the first time after I sent this home that I had parents reach out to me. And they were like, Oh my gosh, where can I get this book? Uh, my child wants to read Owen with me. Is it in the library? Is it gonna be on the scholastic order? Um, yeah, I I, I want to share this book with my child. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all this time that I have tried to get parents to, to engage with, with students is the first time that they're like asking me, you know, for information about um, about this book. I'm like, okay, so I have something special going on here. And, and that, that was my moment where I'm like, hmm, you know, there, there's really something strong, a strong connection here. And so, um,
0: so we you went- You know what your story reminds me of <laughs> real quick? <laughs> Listening to you, I was like, oh my gosh, you did the McDonald's thing. <laughs> like how McDonald's geared it on the kids, got them excited about the treasures in the thing, and then suddenly they're the ones saying, "Mom and Dad, I want to go to McDonald's." And yeah. now the parents are like, "Fine, we'll go to McDonald's." So now the kids are like, "You got them excited about the book," mm-hmm. so then now the parents are like, "All right, I gotta." My kids keeps talking about it, you know. But instead of McDonald's, it's. A book? Who knew?
1: Yeah, and and that and that's actually what I say: I a healthy Happy Meal effect. You know, what is that? Yeah, it, it, the treasures really um, were the game changer. You know, I think you know because it emotionally just ties them in, and they have something that that they can personally connect with. So whether they have the book or not, wow. they have an object that makes them think, "Oh my gosh, I remember that book," and and then they remember um, how it made them feel and their whole experience um, with the book. That's really so cool. So. At, it really, I mean, again, you know, I say I have a plan and God just has a bigger one. So yeah. I um, at, at the end of um, the year, we do a literacy test um, at the end of the year. And I had every single one of my kids get a perfect score on their end of the year literacy test. Wow. And and I thought for sure someone from administration was going to come down and say, what happened? You know, is there a glitch? Surely this is impossible, but nobody cared but me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, um, I said to my husband, um, after that, I said, you know, I think I have a program here, you know, this is really powerful. You know, every one of my kids got a perfect score. I um, have a little system. I think, you know, I can, I can pack this up in kits, and every teacher needs to have this program. And he was like, wait. And I'm like, yeah, I think I want to do a nonprofit. And he's like, wait, he's like, Whose money are you going to use? I'm like our money, and he's like, you know, you're a teacher, right? I'm like, yes, and he's like, yeah, no, like, no, (laughs) we 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 can't afford that. We can't do a nonprofit. Um, We're not starting a business. Um, And and so, um, you know, I I thought about it some more, and and kind of knowing, you know, how he felt, and and also just feeling something in my heart, saying I need to start this nonprofit. I. came to him about two weeks later. And I said, well, I said, you know, I really want to start this nonprofit. So I took on a job driving a limousine um, on the weekend and I'm going to raise money and I'm going to start this nonprofit Storybook treasures. And he about lost
0: his mind. He's like, what?
1: Well, educated woman drives a limousine. And I'm like yours. And The same asked,
0: woman who right. started at cosmetology school, then made a a plan to finish Marymount University in two and a half years because mm-hmm. she's a find a way, make a way woman. So she said, You had that internal compass that said, I wanted to do this. So I'm not surprised that you went out and started mm-hmm. driving a limo because you get this stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he just, um, he, he couldn't believe it,
1: but, but I did, <laughs> you know, I drove this limon and it really was a great experience for me because I, I was able to, you know, it, it was a private limousine. So it wasn't a limousine service. So it was the same um, group of people every time. And, and what was neat was um, as, you know, I was driving them around and, and it was all, all kinds of different people, a lot of business people. So then I started asking questions and saying, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about this nonprofit, um, you know, what do you think? And, and, and Tom, who I drove for, he's like, Denise, he's like, you cannot do a nonprofit. You will never make any money. You need to package this up and you need to sell it. And, and I said, Tom, you know, this isn't about making money. This is about impacting kids. And, and so I, I feel like the nonprofit is, is the way to go. And, um, and, and, and I laugh, he, he's since passed And, and I laugh because I'm like, he's probably looking down at me, just shaking his head and smiling, just knowing that, you know, the, that he was the one who I had just this big conversation with and, and and helped, you know, spearhead all of the storybook treasures. And, and now just seeing the impact and where we are and how we've grown just tremendously, you know, again, beyond, you know, what I could have ever imagined. So that's
0: really cool. So what's the future of storybook treasures or where, you know, where do you want it to go and where could it go? You know, who can take advantage of it, who can, you know, use it?
1: Yeah. So, so we started out just um, like six years ago with 200 kids. Um, so one school in Florida, one school here in, in Loudoun County. And, um, and in just six years, we have now um, grown to over 8,000 kids across five states. Wow. And it's all just been word of mouth. It's been Teachers that have seen me post things on social media or have heard from other teachers or teachers that have used the program and have moved to other places, and they're like, oh my gosh, like we want this program. How can we get this program? And so then um, it, the challenge is, is, is how do you get the money? How do you raise the funds in order to support the program? Because we know that schools.
0: The schools buy it, right? Or they.
1: Well, it's a combination. It's a combination. So, so, so with our framework, um, you know, there's a lot of great organizations that that give books to kids, which is Mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, But what makes us different is that we establish um, that love of reading in the classroom teachers are experts teachers just can deliver a book in a way that that nobody else can and and also every student has to go to school so that way we are, we know that we're touching every single student you know other programs um, that you know they're wonderful but but they don't always touch every student and it doesn't start in the classroom um we, we know that that's a very powerful connection so um so for us um, we start in the classroom we establish that love of reading that love of of, of books and and in um, and, and that classroom connection. And then what happens is after five days of instruction, also included in the program is, um, is a five-day lesson plan for the, for the teachers um, that, that I've designed along with other teachers. And it embeds so many critical pieces, um, all, all of those, those elements that we need for, for kids to know for, for their assessment, but also um, building the background and building the vocabulary and, and building that connection to the book and to the author, because once they have that author connection, um, then now they're connected to every book that that author makes because we we go in deep um, there too. And then also as a gifted teacher, um, I, I finished my career as a gifted and talented teacher. It's funny, starting in vocational education and, and yeah. ending in gifted education. So um, just knowing that, that every child has potential and they might not be able to read at a certain level, but they can think at that level if given the opportunity. And so a, a, a lot of our, our Teachers, you know, are so wonderful, but they're they're stretched so thin, and it's hard to meet everybody's needs, and it's hard to deliver um, and create lessons that um, that that really can can hit all of those marks. And so, um, so I felt that you know, again, a way for me to give back is to take my lessons that. Well, without without um, sounding um, without being boastful,
0: I'll, I'll just say that, that you can be that- boastful. I'd say if all of your kindergartners passed with flying colors, you sh- you can embrace that is a gift and talent you've been given. So yes. I think you should lean in there.
1: Yeah, so 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 that that is that's a gift of mine is is to really create lessons that um that that are good and 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 hit all of those elements. So so creating a, a lesson that allows teachers to deliver and and present this book in a way that they're hitting all of those marks that every student is engaged and every student can can enjoy this, whether they're you know a, a strong reader or not a reader at all. And so so that's how we we just kind of organically grew with um, with donating from friends and family on, um, on social media. We do Facebook, um, um, little, little Facebook donations and things like that. And then putting things down on social media, asking for donations and then writing grants. And then I finally got to the point where, where I needed help. Where, where I realized in order for us to grow, I'm really going to have to hire somebody who knows how to really manage and write grants. So um, so I um, hired Lindsay Kearney, who is our director of development now, and she has been phenomenal. She has been able to take everything that I have done Um, in the past, organize that, manage that, and plus more. And, And has the time to actually make the phone calls and call the grantors to find out, you know, are we aligned? Are we not aligned? You know, what can we do? And if we don't get a grant, then she also has um, the the expertise and the time to, to reach out and say, okay, what, how do we miss the mark? What can we do better? And, and just build those relationships because I feel like that's so much of a nonprofit is, is to get the word out there. This is what we're doing and this is how we're doing it and building the relationships so that, so that people from the outside are seeing, wow, yes, this, this is something I want to invest in. This is something I want to be a part of. And, and I'm a teacher, so I'm very, very scrappy. And, and also, you know, with my husband saying, you know, what money are you Going to use, um, you know, I, I I'm really um, try. I'd really try to be innovative on, on how we can do things to get our, the biggest impact. So I, um, I have my old mama minivan that I held onto, I would not sell, I held on to it, except for 200,000 miles on it. And, and we pack up that mama minivan and we bring um, the all of our supplies out to the high schools and we do high school packing events. So we, um, we have connected with the National Honor Society and the other organizations um, where kids need volunteer hours and we bring all of our materials there. Um, I have the kids undivided attention for about 15 minutes where I tell them all about storybook treasures, all about nonprofit work, all about um, literacy and the importance of literacy, um, and then um, how how their efforts and how their volunteer hours um, with packing all of our materials is, um, is going to impact the community. and And what's really neat is, as I always tell them, I'm like, you know, now that that you volunteered, now you have a little big piece of Storybook Treasures in your heart. And so when you go out um, into the world and, and get your and get um, you know and into the future. And you're in a position where you need to give back to the community in some way. Don't forget about storybook treasures. Girl, yes.
0: Plant those seeds. Yes,
1: exactly. Yes. And and so in in one of our schools, one of our local schools, um, a group of kids came up after the packing event and they said, can we start a club? We want to do a storybook treasure club where we're just, um, you know, working to help support you, you know, whether it's a fundraiser or, you know, doing little packing events or whatever we can do, but we want to do a club. What do you think? and I'm like oh my gosh and like that would be incredible yes and so we now have one of our schools that has their own storybook treasures club
0: awesome. which is really oh my gosh yeah That's amazing well Denise your story is not only inspiring for parents and teachers but I think anyone who wants to do something as we said in the beginning you know a second act and that could be at any stage in our life all I mean is that you know we've devoted ourselves to one thing. And it just naturally, you know, even if it seems different, it's, I mean, you're obviously, there's a big connection, Um, but going after that thing that's in your heart, because the whole time, you know, your passion shines through for, you know, kids and developing that love of reading. And so if anyone has anything on their heart that they want to jump into, I heard over and over again, that you're a lifelong learner, you know, not only are you a teacher, but you are always willing to learn because you didn't know about grants and you researched them you hired and got help. Like there's just that continual pursuit. Like I said, those are just for me, some of the things I pulled out that, wow. In addition to this amazing program, it's just some stuff that when we kind of get bogged down with, I don't know if I should try that, or it's too hard, too overwhelming. Those are some great lessons we can all take away.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I, I feel like that it, it has, it, it's not easy. I mean, there are, no. yeah. I mean, I think the, the most challenging thing for me and for service churches too is, is, is asking for, for money, you know, asking yeah. for funding. And, um, it, I, I, just hired, um, um, an, another person to help us with marketing because, Part of it is how do people know that they can give to us if they don't even know we exist?
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, if anyone has a connection to Dolly Parton, she has her whole huge nonprofit. Perhaps they want to partner with Storybook Treasures to take theirs to the next level with your yeah. amazing program who knows i have,
1: I have reached out to them <laughs> and, and i said storybook I treasure starts where they end because they they service um you know from birth to, to five years old
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: and then we're pre-k to third grade and wow. so um so i've reached out and i
0: and i've um, and i've i've Pitch that a little bit, um, but but I've had no response. Well, let's Um, keep that ball rolling. Let's just keep throwing it out there. It may not be them. It might be someone else. But Denise, thank you so much for sharing your story. And if someone is interested in, um, you know, getting in touch with you, whether it's just to learn more about you, to donate money to your amazing nonprofit, or to see about bringing your program into their school, how can they get in touch with you?
1: So the best way is email. So Denise at storybooktreasures.org. And of course, our website, so that's um, StorybookTreasures.org, and, um, and then and then of course we're active on social media as well and LinkedIn, too. Perfect, so all good ways to get in touch and learn more.
0: Awesome. Well, Denise, as I said, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think you know the, as I said earlier, the gifts we're given is the gifts we can give away, and you know, having you others see the potential in you, I feel like you are just pouring that back out into all the students, the ones that you've personally taught and the hundreds, thousands and millions that could be touched from your program and just keep encouraging their potential. So thank you for for following that nudge in your heart and to continuing to walk it out.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me flush it out, Samantha. I, I you know this I is your it. gift and and I and I really appreciate this the opportunity to share and and hopefully we'll just reach more and more people together. And that's a wrap for now.
0: Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire Production.
1: the greatest thing I've ever heard.